I have lost faith in Navi. It's October 15th, 2015, and I'm Colin Detmar. And I'm Emily Dalton, and this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. Hmm. You still had faith in Navi, huh? It's not that I thought they would win. It's that I thought they would function. (laughs) I was going to say, you thought they would play Dota? Yeah, and it's just like, oh no... This, like, this, like, not like, we don't need to swap out some players. It's not like, well, just get Havost off the team or whatever. Just, like, Seneco being on that team at this point is a bummer. Because that guy is too damn good to be saddled with how badly they're playing. He deserves better. Dendi, I would say, probably needs some time away. I think Havost is done. Really? I mean, like, I, I'm sure he could go down to Double A and do some good stuff. I'm sure the kids would come out to see him. But, Man. yeah, I think he's done. I really want it to be more like... I was going to say I want it to be more like Rocky. I've never seen Rocky. I want it to be more like I imagined Rocky. Like, no, just, you know, a little Eye of the Tiger running up and down some stairs, like some real exercise and focus, and then come back hitting harder than ever. But you got to take that time away. Well, I mean, that's first. Rocky Four, and for that to happen, like... If if you're if you're talking about Havost getting better, then Dendi would have to get murdered. Well, he'd have went. to go somewhere. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna find another movie metaphor, and I'll be back next week. I, with, I will uh... grant you <laughs> that. Uh, no, no, that's too mean. Never mind. We're not going there. I was gonna make appearance comments about Rocky that were not fair. We're not gonna do that. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Um. This revelation comes hot off the heels of ESL 1 New York, which was the latest big tournament in Dota 2. Obviously, we currently have the prelims for the uh, Frankfurt Major going on, but, you know, it's just the prelims. Um, ESL 1 New York was really interesting. You didn't catch much of it, right? I did not. It's, it's a shame. It was really, um, yeah, let's, let's like, so what are the, what are the, um, the interesting things, right? Like, EG didn't win a game. It was a single elimination tournament, so that's easier to happen, but the first <laughs> round they played against Vega and they got 2-0'd. Um, in large part because twice in a row they didn't ban Broodmother and Vega Squadron has the best Broodmother player in the world. And you've been seeing some scary Brood this past. Yeah, so you really have. That's, that's significant. And, like... I've heard the theory going around that PPD was just trying stuff out. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's not that I don't think PPD wouldn't do that. Because, like, you know, this is not a huge tournament, right? It's it's decently big. But, like, with the four majors now, it's like, the idea of PPD sacrificing a tournament to learn more about the meta seems plausible. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do that, you tried to play more games. You would not get eliminated that fast. Well... That seems like a reasonable point to make. So, um, a secret did some really fan. Oh, sorry, I should back up a bit. Um, with EG, one of the other things that I noticed was that Arteezy and Sumail really did not seem to be jiving very well. Where did you see that? Can like, can you think of an example off the top of your head? It just seemed like a lot of like, it's just situations where it seemed like they were both expecting that they were going to be the man in a situation. You know. That would be what a person would guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's like, you know, it's the pro version of two people walking down mid. Obviously, they did not both walk down mid. 
but you know, in other ways, or it's like they both go but to the spiritually, jungle, you know, they both yeah. go to the jungle at the same time, or they both, you know, it's just they. It didn't feel like they were really operating on the same wavelength. The thing is, of course they both expect to be the guy. They both should be the guy on their team. Sumail should be the guy. Well. Arteezy should, should be, should be ba- on a different team. No, Arteezy should be the backup guy. Like, that's the thing, like, Arteezy should be playing safe lane carry, and Sumail should be playing mid, and that's what they're doing, but that's not really what they're doing, you know? Hmm. Arteezy's like, yeah, I'm safe lane carry, but I'm also going to get involved in every fight, and hey, it's like, no, that's not your job. You need to let Sumail do his thing, and you need to be the backup plan. The really big, scary backup plan. Or the late-game plan, you know? Yeah. I'm not disagreeing, but I'm, you know, I'm giving you that eyeball. Like, does that does that sound like Arteezy? I mean, I... I never liked the trade. I never thought it was a... Well, okay, I am maybe... I actually might be doing some revisionist history right now. I think I have always said that they were undervaluing Owie and that Arteezy wasn't going to make the team that much stronger. I, but I did also say that Arteezy was a hell of a player, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's what they needed, right? I think you know, it's it's Arteezy feels like a mid at heart to me. Like, he's good enough oh, yeah. that he can play any role, but he plays like a mid. And you can't have two of those on a team. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, good enough to play any role, sure. But then if he's if he's the four, it's he's going to be a pretty unusual four player. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. It's just a just a guess. Yeah. Because it'll never happen. Yeah. I don't know. So um, I was saying, secret. Um, secret really actually did amazingly well. Um, they got second place in the tournament. Um. I really hate hate having to admit this. Weeha was really fucking good. <laughs> Maybe he knows he's gotta be. Maybe he knows he's gotta be? Ah, uh, like his Meepo, like he we got to see his Meepo and it was, you know, we expected his Meepo to be good because that's what he's known for. Like, no surprise there, right? Mm-hmm. It was still really impressive to see in motion, but it's not like, oh man, who knew he had a Meepo? But like I think he has the best pro win ranger I've seen, and that really wow. bums me out. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I know you're a big fan of that lady. I am. I am, and I'm. I'm really picky about Wind Ranger play, and sh- and he was pretty killer. Mm. I was really impressed. Um, just a lot of a, a lot of really good patience and composure, and you know, psychology and execution all coming together in some really fantastic play. Um, the number of two man shackles he landed. And landed them mm. by being really patient, like knowing not to throw it yet. It was just, nice. it was really good. Um, and draft and for the drafting, like puppy was puppy was doing his thing again, right? We got to see some alchemist. We got to see a necro wisp combo, which mm. at one point, like very very early, I think like level two, they dove the tier one to get a kill, and then just hung out there and got another kill and almost a third before they left. They just, Jeez. they were just ridiculous um got some good alchemist play got some venom answer which was mm. really like they got uh with they got had alchemist give uh veno uh free ags mm. and so if he landed that ult in a team fight it's like no okay we won this fight 
Yay! It was pretty impressive stuff. But of course, the winner of the whole thing was Vega Squadron. Um, and Vega Squadron was... Uh, they barely missed the cutoff to go to the International mm. at, at, you know, TI-5. Um, and then the big reshuffle came, and they were the only major team that did not reshuffle a single member. As far as I'm aware, there might be, like, I, I might be missing one, but basically, like, that was what was notable about Vega, is they were like, no, we're keeping our players exactly the same. And then they won. It's really interesting, isn't it? Huh, you know, you'd never think that, you know, really working together and knowing each other and developing strategies over time would be good for a team. It's, I'm, wow. There's something huh. weird, like, I feel like I've heard that before. It was a, I think, was it a podcast I listened to, maybe? Maybe it was Rocky Four. Maybe it was Rocky Four, Or maybe it was our episode of Bottle Crow. Oh! Man. So killer! <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, and then, you know, there was, of course, the interview afterwards with them, because, you know, they won. People were like, oh man, and they were like, yeah, we really feel like stability and, and, and <laughs> knowing your teammates is really important, and we don't Ooh. know why no one else has figured this out. And it kind of makes me sad, right? Because I they were really, like, I really enjoyed watching them play. I really, like, I, I came to like them quite a bit. And if these teams stick together, like, these other teams stick together and figure their stuff out, like, it's, they're gonna, Vega's gonna fall behind again. Well, like, they won't, though. Why do you think that? It really seems like most of the bigger teams are really convinced that a desperate scramble to have, like, the most talented individuals is is much more important than having a team that works well together. And you'll figure out that other part, because they're so good. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't see yeah. one non-major tournament being enough to change their minds. I think they're wrong, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think this will be enough to convince them. Okay, but I mean, you know, maybe this happens again. We can hope. Yeah, I mean, C-Deck didn't change. C-Deck might... Okay, C-Deck might be the other one. C-Deck might be the other one that didn't change at all. Um, they might have changed one member, maybe. I don't quite remember. But C-Deck... C-Deck looked really good. Um, hmm. Aggressive didn't seem to be getting away with the stuff he did in TI-5. Like, Aggressive in TI-5 lived up to his name, right? He was the he was the safe lane carry who was in every fight and making it work. And mm -hmm. people were just like, well... They couldn't possibly go in on me now because they've got to do their farming. Oh, God. Um, and it seemed like people were kind of, like, I don't know if Aggressive wasn't as on point or if people were just wise to what that guy does. But he wasn't <laughs> getting away with as much. Uh, so, since you watched a bunch of a tournament, how do you feel about the hero balance in the current patch now that it's shaken out a little bit and there have been some balance changes? I mean... Who's awesome now? Who's still too strong? Who needs more help? Okay, so, like, I saw Gyro in maybe three games, and I think mm -hmm. he lost all of them. And I was really pleased. I, yeah. like, I just hate that hero. Um, I don't know, like, I feel like, like, hmm, what? A lot of the same stuff is still strong, but we're seeing more variety. Like, you know, we saw there was a decent amount of, of Necromancer, of Necro, Necromancer? What? Uh, Necrophos. Um, hmm. being played, it seems like he's he's sort of come back with, you know, the like the nerfs to uh, Glimmer Cape and stuff. Um, hmm. Saw a decent amount of Alchemist, 
it it just felt like it was like the heroes in 6.85 were still there and still prominent. Quap is still ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> Quap is still fucking destroying people. Um, but it seems like basically we're just getting more heroes picked. It's it feels like in some ways the same patch, except for the fact that it's got a wider area at the top for people. Um, I saw some chaos knight, which was weird. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw like I saw one support chaos knight and one carry chaos knight, and I was. I'd never thought about the idea of support Chaos Knight before. I think it's time to reveal that you mentioned that this had happened to me before we recorded, and I exploded with optimism and joy, since support Silencer and support Sven are two of my favorite things to play recently. Like, support Chaos Knight! I've always loved Chaos Knight, but I can't carry. I can't carry. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we've talked about the cesspool, and the idea that if you're going to support in the cesspool, you need to be a support who is not scared to walk through the jungle. Yeah, it helps. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I see that I wrote the note, Gyro not nerfed enough. I don't think that's true, but if you want to nerf him more, that's probably okay. I, I admit, We're fine with it. I admit I'm very <laughs> salty about that guy. Um, I don't know. So you, you mentioned briefly that there are, there are more major tournaments now. Do you think they'll do more compendiums? That was. <laughs> I guess that, that was a pro seg. I guess that was. I'm gonna a pro live seg. there now. All right. Um, well, we have the the new uh, fall compendium for the Frankfurt Major, um, which is of course taking up place in Frankfurt, Germany, and I managed to misspell Frankfurt on this little document here. There we go. Um, well, there's some interesting spelling of the word compendium and combined. That was all you. <laughs> yes. Um, uh. So, the compendium this time is, like, what they've said is that they wanted to preserve the unique feel of the international compendium about how it's, like, it's this epic scope and it's got the stretch goals and it, you know, money contributes to the prize pool. Um, so they're not doing any of that. <laughs> money doesn't go to the prize pool. There aren't stretch goals. They don't really have epic scope and it almost like you look through the compendium and there is basically zero information about the tournament which is really weird because that was sort of the idea mm-hmm. like I saw someone um, there was a, a writer on Kotaku who wrote about sort of the state of Dota um, I believe he put it up today actually um, <laughs> and he he basically wrote like the compendium since its, its creation has gone from like a program for this tournament to like a catalog for hats and that's a real bummer it's pretty weird I uh you and I both like the hats yes no question I don't think I'm going to get this compendium I still kind of want it but I want them to get the message that this was a bad life choice um if it contributed to the prize pool even with all the other things I find problematic things not being marketable again I really hate this new change, but um, yeah, with none of it contributing to the prize pool, I I would really like to be able to make the point of not buying it this time. Yeah, because that's terrible. I had already bought it by the time I read what was in it, because I was just you are the hat whale. I am the hat whale. I just reflexively bought it, but <laughs> I'm a hat sardine. I haven't bought any um 
any levels for it. Um, and I don't expect to. I mean, obviously, you know, my mind could be changed. Um, but, like, what they've done is really shitty. And I suppose we should talk about what they've done that is so shitty. Like, so we mentioned none of the money's going to the prize pool. Um, the items aren't marketable or giftable, which is really a trend that is, like... Gross. I'm going to use the word gross. I understand the economics of it, but one, when you've had a precedent of marketing stuff, and two, when you held, like, a talk at GDC about how everything should be marketable and that's how these markets should work, like, telling other developers that that's how this should be done and then not doing it yourselves? Fuck off. Asinine? Yeah. Yeah. Um... And then it gets worse from that, right? Like, you don't... Where's my goddamn desert terrain? Sure, there's that. The Axe Immortal, the Zeus Arcana, and the desert terrain from TI5 haven't been delivered yet, which... And of course they haven't. Like, you know, we expected that part, but just not to be sold another one without any of that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, so if you get, like, none of these items... Okay, one item has been made by Valve. There is a penguin immortal for Tusk that, like, he throws a penguin, he does ice shards, and that makes a little, like, igloo wall. We should talk about the penguin in a minute. Okay. Um, But all the other items are just stuff from the workshop, right? Like, Valve didn't even... Like, not like Valve didn't do any work. Getting this stuff in-game is work, but they did not make these themselves. Some of them look like shit, and not just like, I don't like the art design. Like, no, this just looks bad. Um, And... It's really frustrating because the way chests in Dota have worked for quite a while now is that when you buy a chest and you get an item, let's say there are five possible sets in a chest. Oh man, I really like that Witch Doctor set, but not the other one so much. How many chests do you think I'll have to buy to get the Witch Doctor one? Well, it used to be, and it still is for a lot of chests, that if you buy one and get a set, you will not get that same set again until you've gotten every possible drop from the chest. That is not a special drop. These chests don't work that way. You can get endless dupes. And there's sort of like, there are different tiers. They say there's bronze, silver, and gold tiers of items that drop from this Fuck one chest. off! You're incredibly likely to get a bronze. You could get a silver. You almost certainly won't get a gold. And off with this. But it's okay. If you get duplicates, you can combine them to get one, like, you can combine three bronze to get one silver item, and you can combine three silver items to get one gold item, and then if the gold item sucks, you can combine two gold items to get a different gold item. I need to go lie down. It's really, like, it's it's a level of iPhone free-to-play gross that I was really not prepared for. And, like, and it's also, it gets worse, right? There is another chest that, like, this is the chest that you get normally. Like, that's the, that's, all that stuff works with the coins that was in the previous Mm -hmm. one, and you can spend the coins that you get from challenges or from betting. Oh, by the way, you can just straight up gamble now. You can bet that you're going to win a match, like, I'll wager you 300 coins that will win, and the other team's like, I bet you 500, you won't. (laughs) Or in my games, one person wagers something and everyone else is awkwardly silent. Yes. That happens a lot, too. Um... And it just, like... So those those coins are now used to buy those items. The normal sets that just come with the uh, the levels 
now come as a set, and then there's a chance for them to drop an item that makes the set fancier. So, like, you, I got a, uh, a Tidehunter set, and then I got the Treasure Infuser. And if I used my Treasure Infuser, which has one use on my Tidehunter set, then the sword, the little dagger sword thing that comes with the Tidehunter set would glow. Would have a little You are causing me physical pain. No, Valve is causing me physical pain. So, obviously, the odds of you getting that are, are randomized. You are guaranteed to get one every five chests. But in between, who knows? Oh, fuck off. This and, is and, so terrible. And some of these chests, notably the Tidehunter one, without that ambient effect, it just looks broken. Mm. It just looks bad. Like, my, like, the dagger that I had is sort of, like, made of little, like, fragments. And with the glow effect, it's like, oh, it's sort of ho- hovering a field of magic. And without them, it's like, did someone forget to turn gravity on? What's going on? This just looks like a mess. It's just... It's really... Disgusting and depressing. And we had a long talk when the last compendium came about, about how it was like, this is okay, but boy, you guys are right on the edge. And this yeah. is way far over the edge. So the penguin. The penguin. They're putting pets in the game. They're just, like, stealthing pets into the game now. I mean, was it stealth when they added the armadillo and you equipped it through a slot called pets? Okay, that's less stealth, but that was the second or third? I mean, Crystal Maiden's Arcana. uh, I think that was before the Arcana, right? No, no, but the Arcana is assigned to the... uh, You're okay, this is the first use of that pet slot. It is, the arcana yeah. is tied to a style t- of a cape. So that, stealth pet. Or, I mean, I ended up with that witch doctor coconut throwing... Like, I, I like that set a lot. Um, but you sort of stealth in a pet there because now you've got a monkey on your back. Like, y- you're correct, less stealthy when it has the slot pet. But, like, this is the fourth hero-specific animal companion that isn't a mount or, you know, like... It's, they're, they're putting pets in now. Yeah. Colin? Yeah, what's they the, are. What's the deal? I like the puppy. I don't like any of the others. I like the puppy. I like the penguin. I mean, like, I use the armadillo. I don't know. Well, and I'm, I'm, I guess, like, part of it for me, like, this is this is stupid. This is getting back to my dumb thing, right? But, like, part of what I like about it is that Crystal Maiden has lines about the wolves of Icerick. She is a steward of Icerick, and this is a little Icerick wolf puppy that is following her around. And it's not involved. It's super cute. But also, it's not involved in anything she's doing. Like, it's just sort of following her around, and she she thinks it's cute. But, you know, it's not like... It's not like the witch doctor monkey where it's riding on his back and is his assistant. And it's not like this armadillo where it's like, what is even the deal with this armadillo? It's just... It's just here? I like it better with Bristles, Bristleback than any other option, because I like to think that Armadillo thinks he's going to grow up to be Bristleback. If it was just tied to Bristleback, I would totally be down with that. It's down for... it's. You can hook it up to, like, ten different heroes, though. And it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. And then just the Penguin, it's like... So wait, like... And now his Ice Shards animation is he grabs a Penguin on his back by the throat and hurls it at you? Oh, uh, listen. What is this? 
the thing is, if the penguin was marketable, I would totally buy a penguin. I, I find it adorable. Like I find I find the overarching trend kind of horrifying and each individual one I'm like, Oh, he wants to be a bristleback you know. And, yeah. And I, I appreciate <sighs> that, but like I mean I would feel more conflicted if I were with you, but I actually just like I actually just think the penguin looks stupid. Well, I only watched the uh, little compendium preview of it, oh, so same. Yeah, no, I haven't like you have to get your compendium to level one hundred and fifty <laughs> to get that thing. I have not seen a single penguin. Well, sure. I mean, and again, like, if they were marketable, I would eventually buy a penguin, sure. I think they're cute, but they... I really... I'm hopeful that that one will backfire, because they've also... They've made the compendium itself so much less appealing. I think it is just going to mean less money for them. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think... I think it will mean that they treat the, the Winter Major, or if that's what they end up calling it, with more... Like, I, I know it will have another compendium. I hope they'll treat it with a little more respect. Because, like, I actually am down to buy four compendiums a year. I actually am. But you've got to make them worth my time, and you've got to make them not actively insulting. I'm also having a... I mean, this is not this is the most first world even in Dota problem. I am more and more getting to the point where I have heroes who it's like, no, I just like the way this hero looks now. I have this hero customized the way I like. So I think it's unlikely that I would, over the stretch of a few years, buy four compendiums a year and do the whole... It's like, no, I mean, I can definitely see myself buying a few items, especially if they're marketable, you know, buying a few of the items from each big tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. But more and more, it's like, my bristleback realistically is never going to change. I got the Immortal for him the last time around, put it on and went, oh no, no, it's Night Watchmen, this is a great set. So, eh. Valve, listen to me. You make an immortal for Windranger. You make it so that when she does shackle shot, she does this, like, wind up and kick like she's throwing a fastball, like she's a baseball pitcher. Ah, I would buy that. I don't even play her. It'd be so good. Anyway. Um. Uh, so that's, that's my feedback. Oh. No, I guess, like, I guess I know what you mean, but also, like, I don't know, I, like, if they added this feature, and I don't know why they haven't, if they add the feature to be, like, create multiple loadouts for the same person and have them on shuffle, so that when you respawn it will choose one at random, uh, I would use yep, that. Yeah, that'd do it. I would and use the, that, too. And that's how they get you. That's the way yep. you get me to keep buying hats. Well, they could be headed in that direction. I mean, I now have couriers on shuffle, which mm-hmm. is delightful. And I mean, I I would be like, I'd be like, bravo, good call. You're going to get more money out of me, and this isn't, like, it doesn't feel exploitative to me, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. But. Should we talk about the RTZ money match? Tell us about the RTZ money match. Okay. I heard there was no RTZ money match. What are you talking about? Well, so, the Dota 2 Reddit a place that I spend way too much time on. There was a thread from just a random guy on there basically being like, so I've watched a bunch of RTZ play, and really, he's not that tough. I could take that guy. I bet you... Like, I, I forget... I, I think he, he wanted to wager, like, a, you know, like some rares or something. I was like, I bet you I can take you, RTZ, if you're listening. <laughs> and people were like, wow, you're an idiot. Yeah. And then RTZ tweeted, like, hey, Reddit guy... $1,000, 1v1 solo mid, best of three, Shadow Fiend only. 
It's like, oh, all right. So hey. they they both agreed, and then Toby Wan offered to cast for it, and the Haas offered to do analytics, and they were going to live stream it, and it was this whole thing, and I was super excited. I was oh, like, sure. this is so dumb. <laughs> Arteezy is going to erase this, erase this dumb man, and then we will never hear from him again. Though, I believe I was talking to you about it, and you mis- I misunderstood you and thought you were suggesting that Arteezy was going to lose and disappear forever, and I was delighted <laughs> by that possibility. <laughs> um, you have killed him, and now you become him. <laughs> man, if PPD offered that guy a job, that would be so incredible. Um, but, no, Arteezy chickened out. And, okay. I don't endorse gambling. I don't endorse feeling like you need to humor random dipshits who think they can fight you and win. That's not your problem. But if you agree in public on Twitter and set the rules, I really feel like you should follow through. Yeah, you engaged, man. You already touched that poop. Now, good luck with your poop wrestling match my metaphor fell apart but it was it was a very mom metaphor <laughs> man i don't know i feel like i got it from like uh f plus or you know similar like look but don't touch kind of goon stuff like no no look don't touch don't touch the poop i think as a mom you try to avoid looking or touching no poop Ah. <laughs> uh. So the only other thing to come out of the pro scene recently that I feel like is is worth talking about is that uh, Monkey Freedom Fighters has disbanded, which is a bummer. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sing Sing played some good games. I was pretty impressed by his play, but this is this is how things seem to go for Sing Sing. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because he spends so much time streaming. Or if it's just, like, the scramble to put teams together. But I feel like consistently he gets a team, and they don't seem like they're that scary, but they seem okay. And Sing Sing plays really well, and then the team falls apart. And it's it's a bummer to have seen that happen again. <sighs> Maybe he needs to have somebody else name the teams. It is weird that we have a Monkey Freedom Fighters as well as a Monkey Business, isn't it? I still can't get the name of Monkey Business correct. I don't remember what I thought it was, but uh, Monkey Buns. I thought it was Monkey Buns. It's still Monkey Buns in my head. So. <laughs> monkey Buns would be a better name. Um, though, actually, if we're talking about team names, there's a team name that I'm not super fond of, but I really want to give props to these guys. Team Unknown <laughs> is a team from Peru that, um, for the Frankfurt Major played through the open qualifiers what got through those and then played through the american qualifiers and they are going to the main event oh wow that's great they fought their way through some fucking killers to get in there they fought they fought their way through complexity wow like they fought i think they fought their way through uh elite wolves which was they were pretty good just like it is really like, one, it's really great to see someone come through open qualifiers. That's really wonderful. But also just, like, for all the dirtbags who blame their problems on Peruvians when playing Dota, it's so great to have a Peruvian team going to this major 
and I, I, I hope they kick ass. I'm yeah, really Yeah, I excited. hope they light it up. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, the uh, Frankfurt Major is going to be in Frankfurt, Germany, November 16th through the 21st for $3 million. 16 teams, 6 days. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope is good. I hope that compendium sells like shit. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Oh, I'm doing my part. Yeah, no, you're a soldier. I uh, I wish I could join you. So, I feel like Dota's been okay recently. Like, stability-wise. Dota's getting there, right? Is that just me? I've been having... I really... I froze for a second. I was like, I've been having great games. I've been really enjoying myself. Uh, so, yeah, sure. I'm with you. Um, <sighs> although... I do want to qualify that by saying I think some of it is that we've restricted what we play a little bit based on what is broken. Okay, ARDM is still a mess. I'm, I love ARDM, like, please fix it. Yeah, but like, I don't know, I I am not having problems while playing the normal modes of Dota. And that is, it is really scary that that is a win. But that's but a win is. after what we've been through. It's It's like Dota's finally getting back to normal. Which is great. It's great. It's it's a great, great game. Yay it is the great Dota. game. <laughs> um, it is mm-hmm. the sport of kings? No? Sure. People bet a lot on it. Um, <sighs> so, yeah. I uh, I just wanted to add that after after last, last... Not last week. I always do that. Last episode, talking so much about how they botched the Source 2 transfer. Because they did. They did. And they're getting there. There are still some features missing that they need to work on. There's still some some stuff that it's... They have a lot more work ahead of them. But but you're right. It's getting there, and it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, how about you tell us about our fan fiction that we've shoved into a corner? This week's fan fiction is, I would say, of what I've read so far, solidly middle of the road. Um... Wait, it's middle of the road compared to the ones you've read on this podcast. Accurate. Oh, dear God. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's not very good, but I Is like it okay. Is it better okay. than the cafe? Oh, it's so much better than the cafe. Oh, the cafe. It had some... So I would say... Okay, information first. It's written by M.F. P and it's called Change. It can be found on fanfiction.net if you look up Dota 2. Um, the author summary is Grand Magus Rubik met an amnesiac boy and helps him to recover his memory. So we already have a tense problem and that's going to be. After all, the boy, whom he named Erno, is a mystery and Rubik loves to investigate mysteries. So it's, I mean, it's badly written... Um, at that, I mean, that's hardly a flaw anymore, since the best written one has been the one that I like the least. I don't mind so much about, like, the grammar problems or the inexplicable comma situation. The thing that I found the most confusing reading this fanfiction, I did finish this one. I had to finish this one because I could not tell whether the author was trying for sexual tension or not between these two characters. Um, what? Was that because you just assumed, or because the writing was confusing? 
because the writing was confusing. No, I totally wasn't assuming. I thought it was going to be something else entirely. And it is something else entirely. I mean, spoilers, there's really no sexual tension in the end. Um, but I was, yeah, I was just very confused for a long time. They keep giving each other meaningful looks and, like, enjoying each other's company in ways that they can't really express and giving each other long, meaningful looks and, like, sort of gruffly man-flirting. Um, hmm. It turns out that the boy is his son from the future. So that straightens that out. Do we know who the mother is? We do not. I prefer to believe that the only parent is Rubik. Okay. Um, I would just, I would have been delighted if it was not another Dota character. It's like, no, of course it's not. It's just a nice lady that he met. I would prefer that. It's a dire creep. Her name is Jane. Yeah. So, I mean, there are... The plot was... The plot is, let us help this person recover his memories. I think he will recover his memories if we bring him to one of the ancients. Yes, the ancients will possess and enslave you, but once you win a fight, then you can probably throw off the enslavement, and then it's fine. It's totally fine. So, the whole situation is a pretty weird setup, um, but mostly it's sort of, it's like a Dragonlance level of gamification, right? Like, if you know the game, you can see that there are game things happening, but it's not like Tannis half-elven rolls to charm the guard. He just charms her or doesn't. They write the book. And then later, I'd say the last third of the book, it gets abruptly more explicitly gamey. Um, starting in, I'd say, chapter 7, where... A ton of new characters come in. Oh, they're all Dota heroes, but they all join the chapter and are all read. They're all listed by their entire title the whole time. One sentence. Here's one sentence. The ginger girl, literally the Wind Ranger, keeps nagging Traxxas the Drow Ranger, Medusa the Gorgon, Clinks the Bone Fletcher, and Marana to a shooting contest. Like, it's just like that constantly. I, I actually stopped there for several days while I tried to figure out what I thought was happening. Um, but it's not Marana the Moon Princess. It's not Marana the Moon Princess. Uh, the person's game knowledge... Well, no, I think Morana's been in it previously. I think that's why. Oh, I see. I see. She's already been introduced. Right. We've already we've already seen her traipsing around. Um, so, yeah. That, anyway. Erno gets his memory back, and it turns out he's here to warn them that there's a monster coming right now! It's a super bad monster! We all gotta fight together! And this is where it got extremely weird for me. Um... Hey, boss, ain't that the ear beast? Ask, asks Razzle Darkbrew's ogre as he pointed at the biggest enemy. Nope, the ear beast was event. The ear beast event was last month, and that monster has six red eyes. And this game's like, it's like, wait, wait, what? The you how much do you know that you're in a video game? And then Rubik starts. Mm, I took a couple of clips, so I don't have to scroll through the whole book to find it. But Rubik starts talking about what he does in terms of the way a video game works. Um... This is a slightly longer. Rubik never answers when Legion Commander teleports near them after getting killed by the Grey Beast. Don't you just stand there. The Ancients said we deal on those minions before aiding the kid against that big one. With that said, she rushes toward the white enemy. I better join too, Lanaya said after seeing the heroes who died return to battle. She turns to Rubik. How about you? Taking my time to find the right opportunity, replies Rubik. Like right now, he adds when he sees the white minion summons a ray of light and shoots it at Phantom Lancer's phantoms. The original Azraith manages to escape unscathed. 
Rubik raises his hand and studies the skill's traces. In milliseconds, he masters it. How delightful and, hmm, interesting. It seems this spell never relies heavily on mana, said Rubik. Does that mean you cannot use their spell against them? If I cannot, then I wouldn't be able to borrow it. In a serious note, the skill has a few mana properties, and I can use it. Also, I can keep spamming it because it has a low cooldown and uses less mana. Interesting. Like, wait, what? What? Cooldown? What? <laughs> so that's, I mean, those are the parts that get very Sorry? weird from... Yeah, like, wait, wait, we were in a fantasy novel, a, a sort of formulaic and peculiar fantasy novel, but, like, we were in a fantasy novel, and it's like, hmm, well, I only have a limited mana pool, so... But even with this cooldown, I think I'll be able to keep it up for a while. Like, wait, what? What? Um... So, yeah. The tense problems are constant, but you sort of get used to it. Hmm. And then... I'm just going to read from the, the very... Well, I'm, I will read you from the author's note at the very end, because it becomes clear that Erno dies, right? Like, the monster is vanquished, and so is Erno. He vanishes. He fades away and is gone. And then there's an epilogue, and he comes back, and it's like, oh, it's fine. Oh, and I met Rubik, and he's my dad. Right? Sure. And then the author's note at the end says, That's a wrap, folks. I really wanted it to be tragic, but I discarded the idea. I don't want to be cruel. Like. <sighs> I, and, and, you know, I can, like, I can sort of see where you're coming from, but this is a weird, tacked on, never mind, he's not dead kind of answer. <laughs> so, I mean, I wouldn't wholeheartedly recommend this if you want to read about Rubik prancing around the forest investigating memories and possibly hitting on his son this is your opportunity um there's always a use case for these isn't there not the cafe one <laughs> so yeah fan fiction corner this week i don't recommend this one but i i i'm not warning you away from it okay <laughs> so could Erno spell steal? No, and in fact, okay. When I, I actually thought he might. I went back and forth between thinking he was Rubik's kid and he was going to have sex with Rubik, and then some really dark thoughts that I assume you can assume if you know about fan fiction. The way his magic works seemed a lot like Invokers, and I thought he was going to turn out to be the son of Rubik and Invoker. I was and wondering I, if it was going to be young Invoker, but okay, that that's where your mind went and that's obviously where that's logical to go it's more accurate according to the canon of the story just because he's someone's kid he also meets invoker well okay. we know he's rubik's kid i, at I this know point. okay I, never mind I, sorry yeah. yeah uh no i thought he might be rubik and invoker's kid um his powers are like invokers but a different color and also he's he's pretty bad ass you know with a sword i think at one point so you know like invoker well see that that would he got that from uh oh hmm he needs a third parent clearly anti-mage <laughs> that makes sense i i also wondered if he was young anti-mage several times which didn't make any sense that was not the story's <laughs> fault that was, was me say, that being be lost really in the tall story. grass <sighs> change I believe the best thing about this story is that there is an illustration 
That's all. Is it, is it a good illustration? It's an illustration. Okay. Well, you know what? It's taken it's original art effort. created it's with really... love. Yeah. No, totally. And we respect that around here. It has Rubik holding a Rubik's Cube, so... Sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Fanfiction Corner. Why not? Hmm. So from there, we're going to roll on to our lore of the week, which for this week is Magnus the Magnoceros. That's 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 uh, a noun. That's not. You may think I'm just like, oh, he's very magnoceros. It's like no, that's 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 preposterous. <laughs> um, that's the name of his species. They are magnoceri, I suppose. Are there a lot of them? Fewer than there used to be. Um. So he was basically like a guardian of the magnoceros kind, right? And uh, they were living underneath a volcano. It was Ooh, not bad act- planning. Well, it wasn't active, right? And uh, so they were living there for a while, and um, eventually, like the matriarch of the clan. I don't know. I don't know what you would call their their group, but um, of their people, was like we're gonna we're gonna move. This seems like a bad idea. We should live somewhere else. That's legit. And Magnus is like, that's stupid. I have never failed to defend my people. We're going to stay right here. And I I don't ever change my mind. That's that's spelled out in the lore. He never changes his mind, right? All right. And then the volcano erupted. Sure. And he changed his mind. Man. Because uh, half of his people died in lava. Um... So, they ran away, and they were sort of, they were cut off by human hunters, because, let me tell you, the thing about a Magnoceros, their horn is, like, better than diamond. It's good shit. Hmm. Better in what sense? Um, I believe more valuable and more strong. Ooh. And handsomer. Yes. Well, it's very handsome. Alright. Um... And so they were they were cut off by a bunch of basically poachers. Um, they fought their way through that. He lost a bunch of of his clan doing that, and finally, they. Um... Oh yeah, sorry. This is the part where the story gets a little uncertain. And uncertainty is built into the tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the stories is that he uh, he he reunited with his people and everything was happy right sure and the other one was that he died when he met them Bummer. neither of these is true ah because he's like okay i'll go back i'll hang out with them after i find out who set off this volcano and kill them now i don't know if he knows that's not how volcanoes work i was wondering so Wait, he might what? be at this for a while if- what Yes. Yeah, okay. That might be somebody you want to keep away from, like, sharp things and fires at the home camp. I mean, the problem is that he has a sharp thing on the end of his head. Well, so you want to keep him away all the time, is what you're saying. I, I think that's accurate, but he tends to buy a blank dagger, so that gets hard. Hmm. Tricky. <sighs> so, we also chose him for our Ags of the Week. Wait, wait, wait. What? That can't be the end of his lore. No, that totally is. I distinctly remember hearing something about his lore. 
Well... That involved his life mission that didn't have anything to do with volcanoes. Well, as a matter of fact... Okay. So for this, we're going to have to take a step back. Magnus's lore was written by a game developer by the name of Greg Kasavin. He's the head of uh, Supergiant Games. He used to be a games journalist over at GameStop. GameSpot. GameSpot. Um, and he has been responsible for works such as Bastion and Transistor. And he... I forget how it worked. I forget if he approached Valve or if Valve approached him. But basically, he was offered a chance to write Magnus's lore. And this is his second version. His original version was that he was looking for a mate that was strong enough to endure his attention. Yeah, that's... I think I heard that from the horse's mouth. Yeah, and Valve was like, eh, you're... No. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha, mm. So, but it is worth noting that, like, mostly, that, that is all gone, of course. But there are some lines of his that... The traces remain, let's say. He, um... He has... He, he has more lines in response to women than to men in general and he has no less than five lines responding to killing Enchantress killing Enchantress? yes well uh, he, I don't believe he has any ally lines um That's a hard oh no he life. has he has a few not very many um you know the more, the, like, the later we've gotten in this game, the more lines people have had. And at this point, at the point he came out, overwhelmingly they were doing the rival lines. Hmm. Um, so, his lines to Enchantress include, what do you mean I'm not your type? <laughs> I do have a gentler side, Enchantress. Oh. Was it something I said, Enchantress? Oh. Quit playing hard to get? Like, yeah. You gotta uh, run, man. To draw ranger, I prefer the talkative types. To vengeful mm. spirit, spirit, you could use more meat on your bones. Like, really, he's relentless. Huh. So. You know, you and I, I don't know that we've talked about it on the podcast, but you and I have talked about how I personally believe that Kunkka is the uh, douchebag bro of the Dota universe. But Magnus, Magnus may have a creepy guy. Like give him a run for his money on that on that front. That's uh that's a little intense. Yeah. Although of course the creepiest is Queen of Pain. There is one that was removed from the game. This is an ally line. Ooh, ooh. It was it was only removed because of a name change. It's not that scandalous. Windrunner, you are always running through my mind. Man, they should have left it in. He just got her name wrong. He's not super attentive to that part. <laughs> Why are the good ones always dead, Death Prophet? Oh, God. <laughs> it's really intense. This is, yeah, they... Mm, I, don't have, I don't have a problem with it, but... It's kind of great and also horrifying. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to put it. Not like Queen of Pain, which is just entirely horrifying. Yeah, that's just dispiriting. Yeah. Anyway, so, Ags, what do you got for us? I got a pretty rough idea. Uh, okay. So, Magnus. Yeah? Are you with me so far? <laughs> Boy, this is a rough start. 
No, I'm trying to I'm trying to leave enough time for everybody to wait for me to say two magni. Um, I basically want to give him Omni Slash. Uh, Good. All right, sure. But also that he slows the people he's running into. That's pretty much it. Hmm. I could talk more about this. Uh, I'm not claiming it's a super good idea, but I like the idea that it give it can make him more of a, a heavy hitter rather than just a fight starter later in the game, and uh, it would be awesome. So let's talk about how Omni Slash works. For Juggernaut, Omni Slash makes him turn invincible. Yes. And untargetable. Yes. And he just starts jumping around, slashing everyone within range, right? Yes! I assume you have some plans to make Magnus's version less powerful. Because of course you would. <laughs> uh, my thinking was that he wouldn't... Uh, it, would, it would be like a, he wouldn't be able to be stunned or slowed. Um, or, you know, effectively stunned or slowed, but he can still take damage. Like, you can still kill him. He's not actually invincible. You just can't make him stop unless he's dead. How about this for a suggestion? Also, the slashes are magical damage instead of physical. I'll take it under advisement. You need to be able to BKB this, Emily. This is not No, no BKB. (laughs) Fuck BKB. You have to BKB it. There are items in the game that I don't like. And that I don't really want to give any extra business to. Okay, well, my Ag's idea is that I give him Doom. Like, what are we doing right now? How are you going to flavor it? Is he he also going to, like, slow the person who's doomed? He rears up on his back legs and he goes, You are doomed! (laughs) That's it. That's my flavor. And then he goes, Brah! To have my babies. (laughs) God damn it. Oh... Okay. Well, I don't... Like, am I not going to be able to convince you to balance this? Is that not a thing that's going to happen? No, we can totally balance it. I I told you that he can be damaged. Right. Let's keep going. Magical damage. Confirm or deny. I'm agnostic on magical damage. Okay. What do you think about no damage and just knockback? No, it can't be no damage. Okay, I'm, I'm trying things out here. I'm seeing what you're up for. So magical damage. We're down for magical damage. How about not a ton of damage, but the slow and some armor reduction? Armor reduction is good. Um, the slow, like Skewer already does a slow. And that doesn't mean you can't have another ability with a slow, but it seems kind of redundant. I like the idea that you're sort of keeping them, like, if you get managed to get a bunch of enemies, then this is going to be so sad. You know? That it's not just, you can't just slow, like, a couple people in a line or what have you, but you're getting, like, all the people in this fight. And it goes through BKB. Okay. Alright, I think I I think I understand the nature of your idea. <laughs> What's so, your idea, if you have such a good, such a good balanced idea, Broheim? Okay, so my idea is, um, affecting Skewer. I thought it was Doom. You're very clever. Okay, so first off, make him spell immune for the duration of Skewer, which it doesn't go very long anyway. That's not a big deal. It's good, but it's not a big deal. Um, The other thing is that Skewer has a primary target, 
And you can click on someone to do it, or I will... Like, normally, it's just you click in a direction to skewer, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, the way I would put it is that the hero that is closest to the middle of the skewer gets actually impaled. When the Ooh. skewer ends, they are disabled and stuck on the horn for an extra couple of seconds and taking damage over time. Like, stuck on the horn like he can run around with them? I mean, he wouldn't be able to run very far before they got off, but yes. Yikes. I mean, it's a real sharp horn. No, sure, and sturdy. Yeah, very sturdy. Alright. That's, uh, grisly. Well, you know, we could have that rupture bleed effect. Could make use of that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess... Whew. Oh, right, I remember now. Looking at your the notes here, you described your Magnus Ags as pinball. Yes, I really, I do love the idea of him just bouncing from person to person and then being able to see him and unable to escape. I like, I like the visual a lot. I think both of our ideas have some ba- like, we have we have weeks where we are better or worse on the balance department. This is uh, one of the worst weeks. We have weeks when you are better or worse at balancing both ideas. Let's be fair here. I. Bal- okay, I I'm a, okay. I'm an Imagineer. Balance is not okay. Where Emily, I live. Emily, what about this? What if Magnus's Ags allows him to tell which Phantom Lancer is the real? Oh Phantom my Lancer? God! No! No! <laughs> Nobody can have that. Make him turn purple. It's possible. Just be cool. All right, we'll come back to this. This isn't <laughs> over, but I know. for now, <laughs> you should pick your next week's target carefully. Someone who has great vision or big eyeballs, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm calling it now, folks. Next episode, Phantom Lancer Axe. We're going to settle this fight once and for all. You should see the look I'm giving you because it's bafflement, not a lot of hostility, but some suspicion. All right. Um, so I think that's it for this week of Bottle Crow. Um, as ever, folks, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Bottle Crow. Any email you have that you want to send us questions or comments can be sent to bottlecrowpodcast at gmail.com we are on itunes you can give us a review or a rating there and it would be very helpful if you wanted to recommend us to a friend it's the best way we have of spreading the word about our work here um we are part of the scanline media network which is at scanlinemedia.com it is a site where we write and produce video content about games in general and this is just one part of that greater project and that project has its own Patreon at this point. It is patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Um, all contributions go towards funding equipment and software for the site. None of this is a, is a profit project. It's just sort of to help keep the lights on and keep us with the resources we need to keep making stuff. Um, nothing is going to be behind a paywall. This We will never ask for money for this podcast. It's just to help us get stuff done. Uh, thanks, everybody. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.